This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Cheaters, welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Josh, I'm doing great. We're in the middle of the big double game week 26. Quick story for you. Mm-hmm. Um, heading into the weekend, uh, I think my wife could tell I was a little stressed out about the deadline. And she says, Hey, you know, talk to me about the games that are happening this weekend. I, you know, <laughs> I'd be interested if you're interested. I, if there's a particular match that stands out, maybe I could sit and watch a match with you. And I thought, whoa, wait, is this the moment in which (laughs) Leela becomes interested in football and fantasy? Yeah. And she's like, no, 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 don't get me wrong. I don't actually want to watch the game. I just feel like you need some moral support right now. (laughs) So I I feel a lot of FPL managers can probably identify this is a stressful time being in the middle of a huge double game week. So. What do we have planned for this episode, Josh, if we're if we're just kind <laughs> yeah. of in, in flux? We are in, in the middle of the uh, I, I, I don't think it's hyperbolic, right? Is this literally the largest double game week ever? The, the biggest one we've ever had? I believe it is. Yeah. I believe it is. Yeah. The, the history books uh, could correct us, but I feel yeah. like it is. So basically, it's all of these FA Cup quarterfinal matches that, that are taking place in what what is what would be game week 29. It's so like three weeks from now. Uh, all of those matches would like 14 of them are going to be postponed because of FA Cup commitments. Um, so as a result of that, they have basically pulled all of those matches into Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I guess that's right, right? Yeah. Tomorrow is just a regularly scheduled uh, Everton match that has not been played yet this week. So it's very, <laughs> yeah, so it's very Your run of the mill Everton match. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've got two players in that, as, as do you, same, I believe. Same, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it's just a very strange match, or I mean, very strange um, and and kind of stressful planning. I, I, I'm with you. I was up until, well, I, I was I I couldn't sleep. Um, I was I was working on it, and then I went back and forth, and then I had kind of a plan, and then. Ben Krellen, the famous, you know, famous within the world of, I don't know, you know, I, I think everyone listening to the podcast knows who this guy is, certainly. He, uh, virtually everybody, I would think. He's the one who has really helped us to figure out when these matches are going to get played, especially in light of uh, a real lack of information from um, 
the Premier League. And, yeah. you know, a lot of assumptions had to be made and, and windows that could only work. And um, so he just did a great job uh, putting that all together. And so anyway, post my my transfer strategy. And then he says, well, what about if he did this and this and this instead? Mm-hmm. And and, you know, just sort of like sort of talking it through. And I think I just, I caught him like the right time or something, you know? And so he had nothing else going on and he said, Oh, Josh could be my project for the next 15 minutes. It almost felt that way. Right. (laughs) And so, um, and he's having, you know, he's having a, a very good season. Um, he's doing, um, you know, I'm having a good season too. And he, he's actually, I think he's, um, like he's in the top, uh, top 15,000, uh, something mm-hmm. like that. So, um, so once, once that happened, I sort of turned my head a little bit and basically it was a plan to get Kane instead of Son. And so, mm-hmm. so I thought that through and I, I ultimately decided to make that move. Um, time will tell if it was the right move. Um, right now it's, it's too hard to say because if I had gone with Son, I would have captained Bruno. Yeah. Um, and you know, so it, it's just very, it's just way too early. Um, but you, once I started doing that and you know how this is, like once you start thinking about the strategy and, and sort of trying to plan out what could work best, it's exciting and kind of stressful too. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, it's so like basically I couldn't sleep. Uh, and then I went on the slack and I was talking to people and, and then I made the, I made the move and then I kind of regretted it. <laughs> and, and then I went to slack to sort of talk about it. Uh, and I, I just uh-huh. like to not, not talk about that, but also just talk about other, other, you know, um, talk, talk about other people's teams and things like that. Talk about the Sopranos and uh, and things like that. And then once I made the move, I still couldn't decide on the captain I wanted. Right. And so that's like another, like, and then 40 minutes where I'm just like debating to me going Kane did not necessarily mean that I had to captain him. Okay. Back up, back up. You went ahead and took a minus eight to Mm -hmm. work Kane and two other players into your squad. Diaz and Lookman Mm -hmm. without an idea of, who you're going to captain because in my mind if i yeah. get that far down a minus eight in all likelihood the person i'm bringing in is my captain that would be why i would burn that many transfer hits yeah i mean it's only four points i mean if i thought that kane was going to outscore sun by more than four points in the game week you know then i then to me that that's the, then that's fine you know okay. i wouldn't need to captain him all right um but yeah i mean i, th- I think i was certainly leaning towards it um okay. but then i but but also i mean it's like you just look at like bruno's returns um so far this season and it is so insanely great right like it's like he just very rarely blanks and, and you know honestly you know he could have had a pen today mm-hmm. um you know certainly it's it's you know it was a rare moment where he didn't have any returns and actually that was the reason i ultimately didn't do it it's just because uh man united have been so tight uh, in these matches against big six teams. And they just, mm-hmm. you know, the, the whole goal, it seems like is to, is to scrape a point. Like whether that's the right strategy or not, I think is, is open for debate. Right. Yeah. Because, um, but you know, they're in working for place. them more or less yeah. so yeah, far. Exactly. Um, so anyway, yeah. I don't know. What was my point? Oh, just my, yeah. So it was stressful. I, and I, so I went to bed, I finally fell asleep around one but you know, we're in the U S the matches kick off early the next morning. Yeah. And I was very anxious to find out what happened with the man city team. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Because uh, hugely stressful. I brought in Diaz on a minus four uh, worked out. Thank goodness. But but, I, you know, but I dropped Sterling. And so my worry was, oh, my God, is Sterling just going to play both these matches in the double game? So part of it was like I was worried about whether Sterling was going to play. Yeah. Uh, and I was also worried about whether Diaz was going to start. And Cancelo, I sort of just didn't think he was going to start. But I still wanted to know what was happening there. So <laughs> I only I like woke up at like 615, like just like because I was so like kind of uh-huh. anxious sleeping. So I got like less than five hours sleep on Friday night. And I was like, this is, I even talked to Kate about it, my wife the next day. And I was like, 
this is like a one time. You have to understand. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. this is like this really is like the biggest game week ever. I I I did not. The wives normally, know, Josh. They know ex- exactly, exactly. So I I would not normally advocate getting less than five hours sleep, um, before one of your like weekly days off. Right. It was like <laughs> sort of like and I mean fried the whole next day, and then you're about to watch you know ten hours of yeah, sports. Right. Right. Yeah. So now, so now you've uh, just give me a quick points check based yeah. on after your minus eight, you went yep. ahead and Captain Kane, and you played your bench boost with right. triple leads. So yeah. where are you with points? Double, and, double, uh, double leads. Double leads, right? Because right. you sold Bamford for Kane. Okay, right. I got gotcha. you. Right. Um, so tell me where you are with your points and how you're feeling about what's to come in game week twenty six. Yeah, I mean, I, so I'm on fifty eight points, but that's with a minus eight, so it's more like fifty. Um, and my overall rank is basically like a gray arrow. I'm on, uh, 18,900 points or 18,900 rank. Uh, so, you know, pretty much neutral so far. And I still have an, uh, of the like bench boost players. Um, I still have, I mean, like I sort of set my team up in a, in a silly way, but I'm actually kind of annoyed that I did now cause it's hard for me to follow everything. Mm-hmm. But I, um, so let's say the bench boost players, if I'd set it up realistically would have been Dallas, Rafinha, Lookman and Pope. And so, so far of those, I have, what is that? Five. I have a total of eight points, mm-hmm. right? And I will get one more from Pope, which I think he could do okay at home. I mean, I know they just got um, demolished by uh, by Spurs, but home is yeah. a different story. Yeah. Uh, and no Barnes now, as we'll talk about later. Um, and so I was like, okay, maybe I can, you know, like, so maybe I'll get a return from him there. And then Lookman, maybe I'll get something too. So even though I just got two from those players, from those two matches, um, That'd be like 12 points on a bench boost, which I don't think is terrible because a lot of people have stories about bench boosts where somebody just doesn't play at all or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, of course you want to net out like 20, 25, but I think if I end up around, if I got like 16 points, let's say, let's yeah. say I got, like, you know, I got an assist from Lookman and a clean sheet from Pope, um, that would get me in that 16, 20 range. And that would be a success, you know, for sure. Yeah. I saw a few bench boosts out there where people who had Sokka on their bench who didn't play. And so some, some, uh, bad chip luck, shall we say Yeah. for me, I, I couldn't resist. I, I kind of came around to chip talk to favor talk later in the week. I've already played my bench boost, but you know, speaking about how big of a game wink this was, I just couldn't resist. It was, it was partly, I couldn't resist the allure and also I convinced myself, well, strategically, this is one of the better times to play a triple captain chip. Sure. And so I went f- for Mo Salah. And it was between Bruno and Salah for me because I don't have Kane. just have Son in my midfield. And when I was looking at the dueling Chelsea fixtures, to see that Manchester United played at the bridge against Chelsea and Liverpool actually get to host Chelsea at Anfield – you know, on paper, that gives the advantage to Mo Salah for that Chelsea fixture. Now, right. that that isn't taking into account the fact that Liverpool are in very drab uh, attacking form right, right. now. Right. And there is this, it's just beggar's belief, right? Like, I, Salah is a legendary fantasy asset. Surely he can come good if we if we close our eyes tight enough and, and really hope that he does. And going into that chef, you denied a match with him, triple captain. I was feeling pretty uh, optimistic and yeah. about, about 20 minutes into the Sheffield United match, you're thinking, Oh, right. Like now, now suddenly, why now do I remember all of these 
attacking issues that <laughs> Liverpool are having. So, yeah, um, yeah. but but how sweet it will be, Josh, when Salah does come good against sure. Chelsea. Uh, Couple at, pens. I yep. mean, and, and it's yep. the last fixture of game week 26 in the double. So uh, yeah. I at least get to hope. And, and be optimistic for the rest of the game week. But that, I, was, that was part of the the rationale for going uh, Kane over Bruno too. As I was like, ah, oh, like if it doesn't work out and Kane just goes off uh, on on Thursday, I'm I'm just yeah. gonna be kicking myself. Right. So I avoided hits. I did exactly what I said I was gonna do uh, last week's pod where. Uh, Lucas Dean and Dominic Calvert-Lewin came in for uh, Danny Ings and uh, James Justin. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm hoping to get a a big boost from Everton players, but right now I'm on 49 points. And like you, it's a gray dot. I am actually on a red arrow by actual 151 uh, rank places. Yeah, yeah. That's like as close (laughs) as you can get to just not moving up or down at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so today... Josh, what mm-hmm. we have in store is a mailbag um, where we're just going to we we're going to save a little game week 27 preview for the end of the pod. But the the big chunk of this episode is going to be a fun mailbag with questions yep. from our listeners about our approach to FPL and where we are in the season at the moment. Yeah. Thinking ahead, like rules for people who are or not, not necessarily rules, but advice for people who are leading their mini league or in the chasing category or in the total like long shot like i've got a i've got a triple captain gareth bale uh shout out to uh to our friend luke uh for doing that yeah incredible yep yep so that's that's what we're going to cover um i you know i think it'll be i think it'll be kind of fun it just felt kind of silly to do like an hour on game week 27 when i mean i'm sure your team is similar to mine you know i've got i have a full 15 starts left from all of my players. I've got 13 players have double game weeks and then, and then Dean and Coverland haven't played yet. So 15 total starts left to go, which is kind of insane. Um, So yeah. And shout out to uh, Emmy Martinez, by the way, who cannot even could so injured. He could not even kick the ball. He had to have a defender kick the ball for him, and he still finished on 10 points. So congrats. I mean, you just sit, sit there on a throne and say, me, Mr. Mings, kick the ball for me. Kick it in that general direction, my good man. <laughs> it was strange to see. I was like, I thought I had missed something at first. Like the referee was standing next to Mings and you're like, what is going on? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
on right now. Like, yeah, did he have like uh, a toe issue or something like that? Uh, yeah, uh, groin. He was worried oh, about. Okay. Yeah, so we'll see if he's ready for the big toe midweek. I looked today and looked like it was still, yeah the big toe. <laughs> like it was still too early to tell. So, um, all right. So that that's the that's uh, the topic for this week's pod. Um, the, the we're opening up the mailbag. Um, and a quick thank you to our newest Patreon supporters before we get into that. Uh, producer patron, a brand new producer patron, Brandon Ben Sweeney. Thank yeah. you to Ben. Thank you, Ben. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for supporting snaps us at the and, producer snaps level. and applause. Uh, Lord Soth patrons, Tyron King, Sam Pinner, Nicholas Trones, or Trones perhaps, uh, and Chris. Thank you to our new Lord Sorloth patrons, Brandon. Lord Sorloth will come back better than ever one day to the Premier League. <laughs> so what is this, uh, our Patreon? This is how you out there, the listener, can support what Josh and I do on this podcast every week. Visit patreon.com slash always cheating for more information on what you can get in return and what you get for supporting the cheaters. It's more FPL content. You get an extra podcast every week, our weekend review newsletter, courtesy of Mini League Mate. And at the higher tiers, like our main man, Ben Sweeney, you get our Make Fantasy Fun Again t-shirt. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll get back and open that mailbag. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Maybe your fantasy team is distracting you from other important parts of your life. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating in less than 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. And there's a broad range of expertise available, expertise that may not be locally available in many areas, and BetterHelp is worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor and you'll get timely, thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room again. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches and they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. So visit BetterHelp.com slash cheating. That's Better H-E-L-P. And join the more than 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. And here's a special offer for always cheating listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com dot com slash cheating all right Brian, we're back mailbag time thinking strategically thinking about how we make our decisions uh just a little bit off the kind of week-to-week strategy talk that we would typically do on this podcast so opening question Boston Prof. This is a good one. I'm going to reveal some real names here, Brandon. I'm, okay. you know, yeah. Boston Prof says, what are your main sources of information? Other pods you listen to, Twitter accounts you follow, et cetera. Uh, he says, curious how much content producers listen to each other and if that affects their choices. He says, for example, Josh, you gave a shout out to Ben Krellen this week. I also did that at the top of this pod. So Brandon, why don't you go first? What, you know, maybe websites too. That wasn't part of this, but I feel like that's yeah. another, another big one. Right. It is a big one. And I'm I'm not really a stats 
uh, stats-based fantasy manager, but the main tool that I go to websites for would be player comparison tools. And I use yep. the one primarily at Fantasy Football Scout. I know the Fantasy Football Hub also has a pretty good comparison tool. But often for me, when it comes down to a decision, it's between two specific players. And yep. I'm looking, relying on a gut feel, an eye test. But sometimes to to break the tie, I need those stats. So I go to the scout for that. And I, I, I like to jump on the uh, Fantasy Premier League Reddit. That's r slash fantasy PL. Yep. Really knowledgeable, matter of fact people on there, which I appreciate. They Among the places I go online, they seem the most uh, serious about their, their uh, FPL news. Yeah. Uh, I agree. But, uh, yeah, yeah. But as far as like content from other content producers, I used to be obsessive about clearing out my my podcast feed. I would be listening to The Guardian, The Totally Football Show, yeah. uh, Football Ramble. Yeah. I'd be listening to The Scoutcast. I'd be listening to a bunch of other fantasy podcasts and I have gotten to the point where it has rotted my brain and it's <laughs> it's less that I, I mean I love all that content but I just don't have any space left in my brain for it and Yeah. I don't think it's because I think that it all it it totally influences or biases me. Uh, mm-hmm. I just I just I'm not making time for it. Actually, I do listen to one other FPL podcast, and that's FML FPL. It's another American based fantasy podcast. And mm-hmm. those guys, uh, they are um, they just offer a different perspective than I have, which I appreciate. So that's. Yeah. That's the one I do check you've out. Watched, you watch some FPL family, like you watch some YouTube stuff too, right? You watch Brett's FPL TV and some of that stuff. Yes, yes. I I do consume a lot of YouTube and that pops up there and Andy from Let's Talk, Let's Talk right. FPL. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yep. I don't keep up with them religiously, but that is, that's probably the most chill way for me to consume fantasy content is the YouTube style. Yeah. I am kind of, kind of like with you. I mean, I used to listen to like so many fantasy podcasts, so many regular podcasts. And now, and honestly, it's, it's, it's really informed, uh, the approach that we try to do with this podcast, I think too, which is because for me, I just want to be entertained now, you know, I mean, I, I think that there are times when, um, you know, I mean, a podcast like ours, we can't just, first of all, we're not, we're not entertaining enough. You know, we have to, we need the, we need to be talking about strategy uh, uh-huh. a little bit too, to make people, you know, come back. But I, I think for me, I always try to keep one eye on, I, I like, I mean, make fantasy, make fantasy fun again as a credo was sort of rooted in this, right. This idea that like, we need to make sure that we don't forget the fun, you know, and that we, and that's something I, I really, I still struggle with. Right. I mean, the whole reason yeah. to invent this, this label was to, remind myself, uh, to do this as well, you know? Um, and so I like, um, I mean, I like sucking captains a lot as, as I know you do. Um, and, uh, I like the, I like the totally football show as well. Um, I have been, um, in the fantasy podcast, I jump, I'll jump around and I'll listen to, um, a ton, you know, and, uh, um, you know, I like the, uh, but I mean, the one I have liked recently actually is the, uh, the black box one, um, that, uh, and I like that because, um, Mark, uh, Southerns, uh, from scout, um, is, uh, and as, and as too, but I did, but just Mark, I was going to say Mark, because he, his podcast with, uh, Grenville, the original, uh, scout cast was, 
the inspiration for um, us creating our own podcast, right? Yeah. Was, you know, seven years ago or whatever it was. And so, mm-hmm. uh, so it's kind of fun to listen to him because it just like brings me back to the kind of a very different time in fantasy, right? Before, <laughs> um, yeah, before Patreon, for example. Uh, you know, it's it, things have things have changed a lot uh, in the last uh, several years. Um, but Shout yeah, out I mean, to whoever yeah. does the graphics for FPL Black Box. Like their yeah. branding is on point. It is yeah. excellent. Yeah. I'm reluctant to get too much into it because I mean, there's just, we're just obviously friends with a lot of these people. I mean, I've listened to, you know, a million scout cast episodes over the years. You know, I love Tom Cantle. I mean, I actually think that Tom Cantle's Twitter feed, the who got the assist Twitter feed is maybe the most essential Twitter feed for anybody who just wants to know what is actually going on in yeah. the world. Like he's got like all the, all the latest information, like no piece of news breaks that he isn't on top of. And so I, I think that it's really one of the most essential, um, just, you know, Twitter feeds that you can follow to stay updated. And I think in general, Twitter is really where I'm going for my information, partially because I'm on there just as a, as a way to get the podcast in front of people, you know, I mean, I'm sort of on there talking about stuff and I mean, I, I don't want to say I'm marketing the pod, but I mean, I guess in some ways, certainly like the day after a pod goes out, I'm, you know, I'm You're trying creating to get the an out. affinity for the pod. Josh. Maybe, you know, <laughs> but, I, but I think just once you're on there, then you start just talking to a lot of other people. And so like, you know, I mean like the, the hub, for example, is um, just full of really smart minds. Right. And, and a lot of them have Twitter accounts as well. And so, um, you know, I think that that's a great place to go for like, just like, like I remember listening to or reading some article, I don't even remember who said it anymore, but there was something about like, when you're thinking about like who your captain, like who you want your captain to be, for example, it's like, if it's somebody that everybody is talking about, that's one option. If it's somebody that a few people are talking about, that's one option. If nobody's talking about it, you might not want to consider going with them as a captain. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like just <laughs> having a lot of Twitter accounts on there is a good way to kind of read the temperature a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, like what are, what are like some reasonable picks, you know, and, and often like in, the captain thing was just one example, but it's, it's good to kind of get a, you know, I mean, you don't, you don't want to just end up with like the same team as everybody else, but it's also, there is like, usually that's, it's a pretty smart community and, you know, typically they're on top of, you know, rising stars, uh, you know, uh, sort of ahead of everybody else. And so I think that, um, Twitter can be useful. I just think you have to like really watch your, um, watch your intake. You know, I think that you yeah. can, you can absorb too much of it. Then you kind of you forget. You can overdose, Josh. Yeah. And then you kind of forget which, which opinions are yours. You know, and yeah. which ones you just kind of read online. It's like, it's like, you know, those comedians like steal jokes, right? And they're like, you know what? I just, I saw the joke and I loved it. And then five years later, I remembered it, you know, and <laughs> I thought I came up with it, you know? And I feel like the way that way about fantasy strategy sometimes where I'm just like, well, did I actually, like, do I want to go with this captain or have I just heard so many people talk about it that now I'm like convinced it's the right, it's the right move? Yeah. You know? so. This is a good segue to the next question, Josh, yeah. that comes from uh, Jeff who asks, Talk us through your general approach to decision-making. How much of it is eye test versus stats versus gut feel versus outside influence, i.e. conversations with our supporters on the Slack, uh, conversations we have on Twitter, yeah. uh, or conversations that you and I have on this actual podcast. So I, I'm interested in this idea, as I was thinking about Jeff's question, the idea of eye test yeah. What do we talk enough about what eye test means? Because I think eye test is a much more abstract idea than we actually give it credit for. Yeah. Eye test, 
Eye test to me is, okay, you saw Gareth Bale this week is a great example of right. it. Gareth right. Bale has basically been taking the piss out of Spurs uh, for this entire season. Yeah. And suddenly he gets he, he works his way through Europa to get a start against Burnley. And he looks pretty good. And he scores yeah. a brace. And he's yeah. smiling. He looks happy. He still won't let anybody touch his top knot. But there you are. Eye test would tell you, all right, Gareth Bale looks pretty good. Should we start thinking about him? But um, the eye test is is not just one match. The eye test is over the course of many matches. Your eyes can so easily deceive you the same way yeah. stats can deceive you. So if you're an eye test manager or a stats manager, I think you still have to specify the fact that there is no shortcut yeah. here. The eye test yeah. has to be proven out over the course of a period of time because yeah. the other way that that you can have a general approach to fantasy managing is through knee-jerking. Yeah. And um, I feel like over 10 seasons of FPL, that's the one thing I've probably successfully um, beaten out of myself is knee-jerking. Um, but on the whole, I don't know, what, yeah. what would you say your – the most decisions you make in a season are are – influenced by gut feel yeah. or what yeah I, I you know i think i think it is I, you know i was thinking earlier about we're talking about data and it's like i i sort of feel like i'm kind of with you too where it's like i'm not a i don't think of myself as a data-driven manager but i've also been a patron supporter of mickle talkman's um stat charts you know for the last like two years now and i refer to it every week Right. So it's like, I feel like I'm not, I'm not someone who pulls my own stats, but I'm very friendly when it comes to reading them, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I feel like what I often will do is I will watch and like you I and mean, you and I just watch a lot of matches, right? I mean, partially because we want to do it, mm -hmm. um, partially because we're addicted, um, which yeah. I guess is maybe the same thing, uh, partially because <laughs> we want to be ready to talk about these matches on the mm -hmm. podcast. Um, it was actually easier when there were like five of them in the same block and then yeah. you kind of half watch like, you know, a bunch of them. The dopamine drip is a lot slower these days, <laughs> yeah, but exactly. it's there. Yeah, it's harder now. I mean, I've actually started, I've pulled back. I don't I don't watch the 20 hours a week, you know, um, <clears throat> like I did uh, in the fall. You know, right. But, you know. So but, but stats, I think it's like right. what I right. was saying, stat, it's yep. it's for me, it's stats are a tiebreaker. If right. I've got this yeah. gut feeling or <laughs> my eye test is telling me something and I need to uh i need another layer that's when i go yeah. to the stats yeah it's almost like so yeah i'll w watch the matches and then i will make my what i think are my choices right like the like the things I'm, I'm planning to do that week um and i will often use that almost to like be like am i crazy here you know what i mean it's like i i think like oh like i'm i'm considering Gundogan or whatever, right? A few weeks ago. And it's like, well, where does he even rank in these stat tables, right? Like as, you know, like these sort of weighted, yeah. you know, charts that are put out and, you know, just like, like, is this, is this, is this actually crazy? Um, and, um, and so that, that's, I find, I find where the data is good. And I, I feel like it almost always starts with my own opinion though. I don't, I don't feel like I, I go around, I don't cast about looking for, you know, an article that will help me make a decision so much as I have a decision that I want to make based on my own kind of instincts. And then I will, it's not that I'm looking for bias, like a confirmation bias or, or whatever. No, I'm not looking to like back up my own opinion. I'm just looking to see if my opinion's right or not. Um, and I think for me, the other big thing is that I, I almost never make a transfer for one game week. You'll never, I'm not a hokey cokey type manager. I just cannot, uh, 
doesn't work. I don't think that's an effective strategy. Um, I think that I can really come back to, to bite you. So anytime I make a transfer, I'm really trying to think at least three to five game weeks ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I think that's, um, that's just a good, good advice in general, I think. There's a line in Dave Eggers' heartbreaking work of Staggering Genius where he's talking about his dad who's recently passed and fond memory he has of his dad is how his dad always talked about how he was such a good driver. And yeah. he would say, well, you know what makes me a good driver? I'm always thinking 10 moves ahead of every other driver on the road. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's that's kind of where you want to be as a fantasy yeah, manager. Yeah, I think that, I think that's right because otherwise you find yourself in a position. I mean, honestly, even just looking at what the fixture is the week after you get a player. Right. Like, let's say you're like, oh, OK, I'm going to solve my defensive crisis by bringing in Sufal. Right. Uh-huh. You know, because oh, we play Sheffield United at home and then you bring that player in and then you're like, wait, he plays Man City, Man United and, and you know, leads away in the next three game weeks. You know, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I can't play this guy for four, you know, for four more weeks. Yeah. Uh, so I think that that alone is um, something. I, so, so is, you know, that's not even stats. That's just like data. Right. It's just like like just like actual information. That's out crude there. oil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and that brings us to the third question here, which is kind of the third, the third and final, I think, thought process question here. Um, Meg says, I appreciate Adam Hopcraft, uh, explaining how having his pot actually influences his decisions. Is that something you struggle with at all? Uh, how do you reflect, move on and still have fun with it? Uh, it's a, it's a great question. I think like my, my process actually starts because we, we record always cheating every Sunday night, usually as one game week ends and we start planning for the next. So yeah. My thinking more or less starts when you and I discuss our teams and other people's dilemmas here on this podcast. So doing yeah. the Always Cheating podcast has been nothing but helpful for me yeah. in managing my own team. I mean, obviously, um, when you start doing a podcast and people become interested in your content and then your team um, by uh, related to that. Yep the scrutiny can kind of get into your head, but that's, yep. that's why I've always kind of been shy about not sharing my team on my own social media. And I, sure. I kind of want to keep, keep that for me, like much like, like sh- people who don't like sharing pictures of their kids on their social media. That's how, kind of how I approach it. I, as what I really love about FPL um, beyond you and I talking about our teams is just interacting uh in the discourse talking about more general problems and having that conversation it's less about my team it's more about um what's going on in the premier league and the fantasy game uh as a whole yeah i I, yeah i i I mean i i kind of feel the same way i mean the team reveals to me sometimes i i'm like i throw it out there and i'm like i don't even want to read the at replies you know Mm -hmm. like i don't want (laughs) i don't want to uh i don't want anyone to mess with my with my thinking too much here because, um, you know, how it is, I mean, it's sort of like, um, you know, if you hear a negative, you know, it's like the, the negative stuff just sticks with you so much longer than the positive stuff, you know, like, uh, it's like, it's like, it's like, you know, if you, uh, you know, the way a, a bad film review will suddenly make you think about a film in a different light, even a film you enjoyed, you know? And so someone will be like, you cannot captain that guy or whatever, uh-huh. <laughs> you know? And even if you're like, I trust my process, I trust my decision-making hearing someone, kind of scoff at something you've done mm-hmm. even if even if they're like just some random person you don't even know mm-hmm. uh it does kind of get in your head a little bit and i think um the hashtag once you see it you can't unsee yeah it. exactly and I, I think there's there's sort of like a kind of well-known uh problem that a lot of people have like the when they get into like really serious 
you know, content creation, you know, if they start to do a YouTube channel or a credit podcast or whatever, where you do like, you start to like snap to a grid a little bit with your decisions where you kind of, um, you don't want to go too far off the beaten path because you don't have to explain it to somebody later, <laughs> yeah, you know? Right, and so right. you just, you just, you're not quite as, in some ways you end up having less fun, you know? And so you, you yeah. have these people who are like, spending a lot of time in fantasy and they're like, I don't even like this anymore. You know, and it's sort of, I don't know. It's, it's kind of interesting. It's the way you hear about like, how, like all sports writers hate sports. You know, it's like once yeah. you start getting into the, the business of creating content around it, um, it does change your, but I mean, I, of course I still love watching matches and all that stuff, but um, I, I'm with you though. I mean, I love doing the podcast and um, we wouldn't keep doing it. I mean, you know, if, if we didn't love doing it, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's super fun. So um, it's, it's worth any, any uh, hit we may take on the, uh, on the overall rank. <laughs> for sure. you know, worth for, it. for the curious listener, you can go to alwayscheating.com and the about tab, and there are links to our team. So we are not, I'm certainly not hiding it from you. If you want to look at my team, you're more than welcome to. Yeah. And I share mine almost every week on, on, on Twitter. So you can see it there. Um, though sometimes I do wait until after the deadline. So nobody can, uh, convince you to change my mind. All right. Let's, let's pivot to some different questions here, Brandon. These are just some, some fun ones here. Uh, James Keatley says, who is the most overrated, widely picked player in FPL? For me, it's Cancelo. All everyone talks about is what he could do. Yet he's only delivered one goal and two assists all season. And is a regular six pointer at, at very best. Usually. (sighs) That is a good pick because the 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 issue with this question though is Cancelo is he's always just these marginal um, moments and matches away from actually right. being that player. So it's kind of uh, it's kind of unfair to Cancelo if, <laughs> if you follow me. But yeah, who are these other players? I mean, I think Jamie Vardy has kind of gotten away with it this season, and I was shocked to see so much talk about Jamie Vardy going into game week 26 because yeah um I mean and this is coming you know (laughs) he did have a hot start and it it, I don't know if I if I have a platform on which to speak about this because I'm the guy who triple captain Mo Salah who has also kind of been out of form um himself but but Vardy to me it was it was it was more plain uh through my eyes to see that he he was kind of overrated going into this game week Wow. That's why you retweeted a tweet of yours from four days ago, right? Telling everybody that they were sheep if they... Uh, yeah, attention yeah. sheeple. Um, <laughs> rat face Jamie Vardy is a scam and you're an idiot if you bought into that. <laughs> I deleted that tweet shortly thereafter. So. Uh, no, I mean, he uh, does not have a double-digit return since game week 14. Uh, has battled a lot of injuries. Yeah, I think I think he's a good one. I think, uh, you know, Cancelo is probably... Um, Rightly, I mean, he's the most owned defender in the game, uh, and yet uh, I think you know Stones and yeah. Diaz. I mean, Stones is interesting. Like, first of all, that, that what a beautiful goal! I don't know how he got that far up. Like, kind of snuck in front of everybody. Great technique. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah really. Yeah, well taken too. Um, still a little worried about whether he's going to rotate with uh, with. Laporte with Laporte, but I mean, certainly Diaz, right? Diaz is, uh, you know, um, the, the one you would want over, over Cancelo. Right. Um, yeah, as far as overrated, I mean, I was just looking by ownership here. I mean, there's nobody, I, I guess at this point, um, any Liverpool defender, like, I mean, Robertson or Trent, those, those players would be, would be pretty thoroughly overrated at this point. 
Well, I mean, I keep complicating these questions. We should be we should be trying to get through these episodes, Josh, in like a cool 35 <laughs> minutes. But yet I can't resist because yeah. it's it's not Trent's fault. It's not Robertson's fault that they got priced by FPL at 7.5. I mean, I guess it is their fault because they had such phenomenal seasons previously. Right. right. Um, but clean sheets today against Sheffield United, a Trent's back in form. I mean, they they look good. They're not okay. FPL is just totally warping this sheets, idea. Clean sheets versus well, yeah, I mean, same thing with Mo Salah, right? I mean, Mo Salah would be scoring more goals if you had Van Dyke back there and you didn't have to have yeah. like the entire central midfield fill in at center back, and you know, it's sure or, or not, before they all got injured. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, that that clearly hurts him as much as it hurts Robertson and Trump. But but if we're thinking of over it, it's like purely in the sense of like highly owned players that we wouldn't have in our own teams. I, of course, have Kinsella on my own team. Yeah. Uh, has not worked out so hot for me so far. Uh, but, I mean, it's worked out okay. I guess I've gotten a couple of clean sheets, but I I, I could have gone Diaz first, and I ended up buying him when he'd already raised, he'd been, you know, he'd gone up 0.6 in price. Um, I think that, you know, I mean, all Man United players in general tend to be a little overrated. <laughs> I mean, okay. outside, of, outside of Bruno, right, just because they're, they're such a popular club that people just love having many other players in their team. And, um, I mean, you know, again, I mean, Juan Bissaka, um, you know, honestly, I guess he's been a little better. Uh, this, Luke Shaw is like the, the guy. Reverse. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Bruno and Luke Shaw on that team, but I'm with yeah. you. If we're to, if go, going back to that Liverpool fullback argument, Juan Bissaka is a relatively one dimensional FPL asset. Yep. Um, attacking returns are just not his forte. So, Brandon, the uh, the eighth most highly owned defender in the game costs less than four million. Can you name that player? Is it Tariq Mitchell? It is. Nice. Yeah, I know by fifteen fifteen uh, percent of managers still still have him in their team. More highly owned than Ben Chilwell, Matt Target, and Trent Alexander Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, people love a good deal, Josh. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Another player who uh, blew up a number of bench boosts this week by not not making this uh, yeah. the first team. You know, Eric Dyer, too. I saw some people have, um, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't play either. Um, I don't think he was injured either. I think that was just a tactical uh, change. He's not great, Josh. Just word on the street. <laughs> that's, that's He's factor. not been doing that all is, that, that well for Spurs. Um, all right. Uh, this next one uh, says, uh, it's from Byron Brew. He says, how should we approach the final game weeks based on our position, i.e. those leading the mini leagues, those in the chasing packs, and those lagging behind? So. Um, Brandon, you, I guess, would you call up yourself as in the chasing pack? Is that where you think of yourself right now? It certainly depends on your goal. Um, I have been a part of the chasing pack for the entire season and mm-hmm. pace uh, setter. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, the person in front, the pace setter. I guess I, don't, I can't remember. You've got the pace was. car. If we're talking about a like a car race, that's I what know. I was thinking. Pace car, right? Pace anyway, car. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, if the question is, do I want to finish number one in the world? I, I will be chasing until they put me six feet under, Josh. But <laughs> um, I started. I, I've been chasing since what game week nine was my first real green arrow, and that yeah. was around three million, and now I'm up to one hundred and sixty k. Yep. Okay, so it was a long way to get to where I am now. And I've basically I'm tired, Josh. <laughs> what do I want out of this season? I just want to get out of the season with a five digit rank. That's really all I care about at this point. So okay. I just need I just need 70k a, a 70k rank boost does that mean i'm chasing i think i probably am and the reason why i think even if you're up in that area you're chasing is because 
now to get any kind of a rise, like a like a 10k rise, a 20k rise, any kind of a chunk rise, mm-hmm. you're going to have to fight through a bunch of managers who have similar teams than you. Right. They have similar right. approaches to the game, probably as you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that's where the chase element comes in. So, mm. the, but but what does that mean for me? I think why I have had this long run of green arrows that's really changed the trajectory of my season is because I have not really thought of myself as chasing. I have just tried to normalize my approach. I've tried mm-hmm. to rationalize my approach. Mm-hmm. I have not gone too outside of the box. I've just tried to correct mistakes, and you right. sometimes correcting mistakes is boring because you're going to get that tattoo on your knuckles removed then the one that says abc (laughs) always be chasing always be chasing i mean maybe that's what we'll find out about me after the season is over is that i intentionally uh sabotaged my game week three wild card just so i could really get off on uh chasing (laughs) this entire season i mean that's kind of sick um in hindsight but um (laughs) um but I, i i think the strategy for for people chasing is is from my perspective less about being maverick and it's more about correcting your mistakes. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's right. Um, I used to be of the opinion that if you were chasing, you wanted to be a little more maverick, a little more aggressive. And now I'm not so sure about that because I think the real approach, I think, and, and I know this because I know that when I am when I am leading in many leagues, I know that I'm playing my best game, right? Like when I am leading in many leagues, I, I typically, um, you know, I don't want to say run away with them, but like it's like it's once I like have like have like a firm lead established in a mini league, I, I you know I don't think I, I I wouldn't normally give it up, right? And I think it's because I typically play smarter when I'm doing well because I am not thinking about anybody else's team. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm just playing. I'm just like, like you should, I'm just sort of playing my, my best game and fixing my weakest links. I'm, you know, I'm following my instincts, whatever, mm-hmm. like the instincts that got me there. And I think that, um, I think that approach still works if you are in the chasing pack. And because in most cases, people, you don't need to change anything because other people won't be able to resist. Right. Like if you just keep <laughs> yeah. doing like, it's not like, you know, the, don't give the person above you credit in most cases for being sm- <laughs> like, for like trying to block your move, you know, or to like, try to like, like they're not going to try to cover nine out of your 11 players that no. you can't overtake them. You know, who has the time? Do, yeah. Who's got the time? So they're just going to do whatever they're going to do. And so if you just play exactly the way you think is best and you don't think about them at all, yes, that is, that is a strategy <laughs> that can actually overtake that person. Oh, Josh, you know, I can't resist our favorite, uh, Mad Men quote of all time where mm-hmm. Don gets in the elevator with Ginsburg, the copywriter, this lowly yeah. copywriter. Yeah. Yeah. Lowly copywriter looks at Don and he says, Don, I feel sorry sorry for you. Yeah. Don doesn't even look at Ginsburg and he says, I don't think about you at all. <laughs> and I, that, yeah. that, that may be a, a, a lesson for fantasy yeah. managers is don't, yeah, don't give the people in your mini league the satisfaction that you're actually yeah. thinking about them. Is that better than how about a thank you? And then he says, that's what the money is for. Yeah, that, that's a pretty good one too. Okay, yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert: the, every episode has uh, one of the best <laughs> quotes you could imagine. And Mad Men's great. All right. Uh, I think if you're lagging way behind, though, um, and I gave a shout out to, to Luke earlier, um, I think that um, that's if you're like you know six, you know, if it's we're in game week twenty six right now. If you're six hundred and thirty two thousand, to me, I would be all about 
triple captaining Gareth Bale and, and making those kind of moves because that's the only way you're going to catch up. And, and what's the difference between, I mean, like, unless you care about like Hall of Fame fantasy stats or whatever, like, I feel like I would go for it. And I, you know, it's like either like you're going to end up, you know, in the 100K, you're going to end up 2.2 million and, mm-hmm. and who cares, right? Like, what's the difference? I mean, I mean, like, you know, what's the difference between like, you know, if you're, if you're in 600K and you keep slowly climbing your way up and you finish 277,000 or something, Mm-hmm. It's like, what's the difference, really? You know, it feels play, like that's play yeah. like you've been scored on, right? So you you yeah. have to open up your defense. You have to push yeah. men farther that's forward. Right. You have to go for it. That's a that's perfect. I'm going to move on to the next question from there. Uh, Red Dagger, uh, he was giving me some grief about this, and I, I put this in here because I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, okay, I'm going to ask it. I can't help myself. When you switched your captain to Kane after absolutely trashing him on the kitchen table pod. <laughs> Wednesday, I trashed him. I just said he wasn't worth blowing up your team. Over. We we poured cold water on the Kane Brigade on the Patreon podcast. Then. We did a Patreon podcast where you and I were both quite firm in our Bruno captaincies. <laughs> and I said, no way am I blowing my team up to get Kane. Uh, you said that Salah was one of the five worst players in the Premier. No, I mean I'm just kidding. But we, we weren't. Yeah, you know, we were just sort of like it was. It was. A, it was the kind of week where I didn't want to do like any kind of like serious advice strategy sessions, because I don't like to do that when I don't have a firm handle on the game week myself. And well, listen, what, what we said was true, time. Josh, give us some credit. What we said sure. was true. We said sun is probably much easier to fit into the structure of your sure. team. And that's yeah. proper coverage for the Spurs Burnley match. And right. guess what? Uh, sun outscored came by five points. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see what happens um, after the full match, but I mean, it clearly, Unless Kane just outscores some by 18 points or something in that one, um, that it's going to end up being more or less accurate. I think that I think it was. I'm 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 happy with the with the Kane pick because there was an element of risk management to it as well. I mean, Kane's effective ownership in the top 10k is like 140 percent or something like yeah. that this week. So if he had really gone off um, and I didn't have him captain, that really could have hurt me, right? Because he's heavily yeah. triple captain. So there was an element of like, well, let me just do this and and take the minus four. And I'm sort of defended against sure. a massive. So to go back hedge. to the analogy I had earlier of if you're if you're chasing rank, if you're like 650k overall, you want to push right. men forward. What you did was you actually brought on a, a third center back by bringing uh, yeah, Kane into exactly. Your sometimes it works, and sometimes uh, sometimes you sometimes <laughs> you give you up follow, a penalty yeah, in, yeah, in the 90 yeah, second minute. Yeah, sometimes you follow at the midway line and give Dominic Calvert Lewin a, a chance to uh, equalize right. in yeah, right. the dying minutes. All right. Um, so yeah, how did the, did I? You know, so when I when I switched to Kane, how did I feel about it? Um, yeah, I actually felt a little bad. I that, and I I actually went on the Slack and told everyone. I like paid penance mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. like, because I mean, this is, you know, we talked about the like um, kind of um, moving target. Uh, you know, when we, we do these podcasts and, and we, we mean what we say when we say them, you yeah. know, but obviously they're, you know, we record them day, you know, day or two or week ahead in some cases. Um, of course things are going to change a little bit. I mean, but you know, what else are you going to do? You're going to record a podcast Friday night at, 11 p.m. and you know no one would be able to listen to it before you know the nor do we want to record a podcast where everything we say we have to caveat well this is what i'm thinking however i might do something different like who cares yeah Yeah, exactly so just what you're saying we say what we feel and what we believe in that moment we're never we're never uh trying to there's no subterfuge on this podcast yeah i think yeah exactly if i had like a, a piece of advice for content creators it'd be just just have a strong opinion, you know. I mean, it's, it's like it's like true about any like pundit pundit class thing, right? It's like if you're like a 
you know, a Republican uh, talk radio host, right? It's like sure. the same approach. Sure, yeah. Don't yeah. be an asshole, though. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, okay, so two more questions here, uh, and then we'll do a quick break, and then we'll talk about Game Week 27 for, for a minute. Um, Benno says, uh, do you think the Premier League is lacking a bit of passion right now? Maybe it's the lack of fans, but I miss those crazy comebacks, someone smashing a winner, et cetera. It all feels a bit Anthony Martial emotionless <laughs> at the moment. No offense to the guy. Uh, sure. Nil nils between the big teams, for example. Am I just not watching the right games? I think that Benno's take here is correct as much as I can judge it to be correct. Sure. Uh, um, yeah. I mean, you can you can see a number of players and certainly some managers are 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 feeling it like. Klopp is is just losing his mind this season. Yeah. Um, but then you look at a player like Ruben Diaz, who he just can't believe how he's got this move to a huge club like Manchester. Well, not saying he didn't come from a huge club. He, he's yeah. gotten a really great move to a great club where he's he's making the most of it. And when I watch Diaz play, he's incredibly intense and full of passion. Yeah. However, then you look at uh, Sergio Aguero. I mean, good luck finding this guy on the pitch during um, <laughs> during that match, during that yeah. West Ham match. I, yeah, uh, terrible, just terrible stuff. Yeah, I, I, I think it's I think it's interesting to approach this question less from a like a league standpoint and more player by player because I think mm. some players one hundred percent don't know what to do without any feedback from the fans other players are out there doing a like doing the james milner this is a job and i'm gonna do it well and then there are other players who are just like i love this this is brilliant yeah i mean you you you, i assume like a like a a patrick bamford right probably likes having no fans in the stands right like he is sort of (laughs) widely derided as a a flop right he's Uh 27 years old right i mean he kicked around a bunch of different teams for finding a home there and yeah i mean someone like bruno clearly um does not like he would feels like he's the kind of guy would play exactly the same if you had a hundred thousand fans there or, or nobody. Um, I think, I think it does. I think the real problem is, well, first of all, there's a couple things. One is let me get my popcorn here. Yeah. I prefer the, I prefer watching matches that obviously there are all the games are during the day for us in in the U S but I prefer the matches that take place in the evenings because the lack of a crowd isn't quite as, you don't feel it quite as much. There's something about, like I think this was um, for the for the Manchester match uh, for the Manchester um, for the Man City West Ham match on Saturday morning. You know that's the twelve thirty kickoff mm-hmm. or whatever. And they sort of like do like one of those you know like the TV like sort of pans in and gives you a panorama of everything, and you just see this Etihad Stadium, you know, whatever it seats, you know, at least sixty thousand or so people, right? Just completely empty. And then you see these twenty two players in the bottom of the pitch, and it does feel lined up in some sort of ceremonial, uh, you know, procession, and it's ridiculous. Yes, yeah. And it just feels like um, it makes the whole thing feel kind of small, you know, yeah. and when you have 70,000 fans there or whatever, there is a kind of um, like mass like feeling, you know, it's like the the, the, the love of you know, we talked about this before, I think, on the pod before, but like just this kind of it's like the rituals of sport feel mm-hmm. disrupted, you know, the things about it that, that, that make it enjoyable. And mm-hmm. I mean, all you have to do is like literally just watch watch highlights from like last October night, 2019. Right. Like just watch a highlight from from any match when there were still fans in the stands and you will not believe how exciting it seems. <laughs> it seems thrilling mm-hmm. to like, to like want to like you know, see a match at Anfield with, you know, that's why I'm, I mean, obviously like, you know, I think 
you know, final two games of the season, uh, we might see that and, you know, it won't be that crazy, but, you know, hopefully by next fall, I mean, fingers crossed, you know, we're going to have that experience back. And, and that's, the, you know, and so I think the big issue is that there are no, there, it feels like there's no big games anymore. You yeah. know, like it, no, no match seems big to me. Even, even that Liverpool, um, the Liverpool Man City match a couple of weeks ago, it just didn't feel that big to me because a match, it's hard for a match to feel big when there are no fans there because yeah. it just feels like, um, you know, it's like, it's just, it's, I don't know, just, it all makes it, it just feels like, I mean, you know, they're doing their best and like, I'm glad that there's games on and it's been a great um, thing for me. I mean, I don't well, know, you know, it's like, it's helpful. It's helped kill the time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I was thinking a bit about uh, commentary while watching the games this weekend and the thought of, um, I'm blanking on the guy's name, but the guy who does the the Barcelona play by play out of Florida, he does Ray, the, Ray Hudson. Ray Hudson, yeah, he calls all those matches for a B, and I think it is from a studio in Florida. Like he's right. not there, yeah, and it's like in his house or something, isn't it? Or it's, right, yeah, and yeah. and I'm thinking like, what do I? I generally don't care about commentary. I would I would kind of prefer to not care about it, but. One of the things that commentary does for me is watching the TV broadcast is they can tell me about things that are happening in the stadium that I can't see what's right. going down uh, below on the touchline. Uh, yeah. What what's happening off screen? What's a player doing where, who I can't see what they can also tell me, which I love is when a home stadium is, you know, quote rocking. And mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes you can tell commentators are at the point where they actually feel hmm, this might be dangerous. Like this yeah. platform is actually shaking and we yeah, could fall to our death. You and I were at the Manchester Derby <laughs> yeah. last spring, one of the final matches with fans, right? Yeah. We actually, at the, weirdly enough, you and I were at the final two matches of yeah. the premier league season, uh, like in the premier league that, yeah. that had full fans in attendance yep. because we went to the Manchester Derby and then we went to the, the uh, Leicester match yeah. and that was it. Uh, but the, the, the stadium was absolutely rocking when yeah. McTominay scored that last goal. And it was actually, it felt a little dangerous. Yeah. So the point, point there being is how can that not impact what you see on the pitch? Yeah. How can that not help change the trajectory of the drama sure. that you're seeing? So yeah. 100%, if you take the fans yeah. away, the product has changed, uh, yeah. entirely. It'd be interesting to think about the players who really, really are hurt by it. You know, I mean, I guess there could be a strategic element. I mean, like, but like, you don't really know. I mean, like someone like Sadio Mane, I don't think of him as the most emotional dude, but I, I, I don't know. It feels like he is the kind of guy who maybe is suffering a little yeah. bit without, yeah. without fans there. Um, all right. Uh, final question. We can take this one very quickly. Lightning Iran style. Uh, Sam Danby says, what goal in history would you most want to be able to recreate yourself? What goal in history? Um, oh, it's the uh, Roberto Carlos free kick where he like it. totally yeah. bends it. Like oh, it, that's a good one. Uh, that's a good one. And just like the feeling that he must have had when his when his laces made. Con- I, or, I don't know if he yeah. hit with his laces or how. Yeah. What kind of technique he used, but yeah. that must have been um, orgasmic. I thought about this. I thought about this for a few hours since, since the question was posted. If you have a good one, you can hit us up on on Slack or, or Twitter and let us know. Uh, the one that I thought of though was the Luis Suarez free kick goal against Norwich City, where he scored it. He scored on a free kick that you know Luis Suarez like sort of famously just always destroyed Norwich, and he scored on a free kick from like forty yards out, mm-hmm. and it was like. Just like the ability to beat a keeper from like 40 yards on a free yeah. kick with like that kind of power and precision, you would feel like 
you are the greatest player in the world. Like you would feel like no or one John Ruddy. I'm sure I'm, I'm assuming that was <laughs> on John was. Ruddy. Yeah. Wolves, Wolves backup keeper now, right? Or used to be anyway. He's out there somewhere in the world. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break and we'll get back and we'll talk about game week 27. Attention aspiring podcasters. Brandon here. And I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and you just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, will help get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part of it, you can get all of this for only $15 a month. That's the same rate as any other hosting site that they would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more. But again, that's bwhustle.com slash join. All right, Brian, we're back. Game Week 27 you know, not, it's hard to talk about because there are so many matches left to play. Um, we could see injuries. And I think the real question uh, is, you know, who you want to captain this week? Because it is another double game week. It's a it's a mini double game week. This is the third double in a row. And that's because mm-hmm. Man City and Southampton are making up um, a uh, a match that needed to be. Is, it, is this? I actually don't remember if it's a made up match earlier this season or if it's to make up for the. Um, don't League know. Cup final. I, I can't remember any. It's all like blending together, but regardless. Um, and so it's hard to answer the question of which player you'd want to captain. I mean, because for you, it's James Ward Prowse all the way. And I get that, you know, but yeah, for me, I'm, prob- I'm probably going to go Man City player. Uh, so I'm controversial. Yeah. I have three. I have Gundogan. I have uh, Cancelo and I have Diaz and whoever doesn't start on Wednesday uh, this week or would be, or actually it's Tuesday. They play on Tuesday uh, would be the player that I would seriously consider, especially because Man City play uh, Man United in um, on Sunday. So it's Manchester Derby. You'd expect the strongest team, perhaps strongest team to play in that match. Yep. But if Gundogan has played like five in a row at that point, maybe I worry a little bit about him getting rested despite the, uh, the caliber of that match. So, you know, uh, Rio Bento says, how good of an FPL asset is Gundo with KDB back? Um, can you answer that question, Brennan? Can you also talk a little bit about Game Week 27 captains? Well, the answer to that question is uh, Gundawan has not delivered since KDB has back been yeah. back in the starting lineup, and it's pretty cut and dry. And yeah. just to watch Man City play West Ham on Saturday morning, Gundawan was not very involved. Yeah. Uh, even when he was involved, he just didn't look like the sharp attacking it midfielder fit as that well, we right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. you, the thing that does stick out to you is is the intervention of Kevin De Bruyne. But I, I don't know. I I can't I can't still be convinced that this is down to De Bruyne 
fundamentally changing the system. Now, that one of those games, you had Aguero who came back into the lineup. And as I mentioned, he he just was invisible and contributed nothing. Yeah. It KDB was, wasn't so hot either I, early on. Got a, got better. Yeah. You know, a great assist, obviously. To, I yes. do think that Man City's passing against West Ham was entirely off. Now, there was never a moment in which even when West Ham equalized and West Ham, to give them credit, did look good. There was still never a moment where I thought City weren't going to win that match. However, I did think that they looked compared to the way they've looked the last couple of months. Not great. Their passing was really bad. Yeah. So. I don't want to fully blame Gundogan for that. Here's a, uh, but the the final answer to this question is yes, Gundogan is now officially on a short leash, mostly because just in shrewd FPL terms, he's no longer returning. But he is not he's not your weakest link. He's not urgent because Gundogan yeah. still costs uh, what six point two million. Yeah, uh, there is no appropriate asset i think to replace him with at this point now we're going to talk about um mid-price midfielders in a moment and and i think once you get closer to game week 29 that's when it makes sense for me to drop gundawan but at this point unless you're planning to somehow move up to to de bruyne or sterling gundawan's just fine for me yeah and uh, honestly it feels like they're all kind of like washing each other out right it's like there's like, is it really worth moving to De Bruyne or Sterling for five extra million or whatever? You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, are they that much? Are you getting that much more? I, I know that yeah. De Bruyne got three bonus today, but he still doesn't look like he's going to score any. He does not look capable of scoring a bunch of open play goals, for example. And um, yeah, and so I, I think that. Um, well, okay. So do, yeah. you wanted to talk. Captain, you you yeah. wanted me to jump back into the captaincy part of the question, which I will. Part question. I yep. will. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. It's Ruben Diaz. I think Ruben Diaz is going to be uh, one of the bigger pieces of this captaincy discussion all week. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be it's we're going to sweat that one because in all likelihood, Diaz starts against. Um, let's see. He In all likelihood, he starts against Wolves on Tuesday. Sure. Then he's definitely starting in the Manchester Derby. So then you're like, okay, now now where are we with Pep's rotation, uh, et cetera? Yeah. Um, and looking at that Southampton match. Yeah. So we're going to have a lot of jitters when it comes to Diaz, but Diaz does jump out at me as the best captaincy option right now. Um, if I, I suppose I would almost like to see Gundogan get rested now um, on Tuesday of this week. And if he does, then I would probably still go with him as the captain because I would assume that he would play the next two weeks. And I would hope that this I, – I totally agree about about him not having a role with KDB out. I think there's a chance that KDB does not start both those matches as well. I mean, I guess you, you're just going to have the strongest team for the Manchester Derby. So that's just, that's just how – yeah. There's just no getting around it. I, you know, the slight worry about having a Liverpool defender captain is I, I think Man United could – well <laughs> – I mean, I do not score goals when they play top six teams. So I like, is that going to change? I, I don't know. Like, are they really going to go with their like safety for a strategy in, in this match? I mean, this is like, they kind of need to, if they have any hope for the title, which I'm sure they don't even really think is realistic anymore, but you know, they have, they have to at least try for it. Right. Um, they, have they have pride, to to, Josh. Yeah, exactly. You got to try to win this match. So I, and you know, and, and Bruno is just always dangerous, right. And they're always capable of winning a pen sure. or something like yeah. that. So, um, 
I would, I'm, I'm leaning towards Gundawan, but again, it depends. And, um, I, I suppose Kinsella would have to be someone I'd consider. Um, just got the full rest, right? Full 90 minute rest, uh, had, he's been starting most matches. So, um, it just feels so painful to have him <laughs> when you just don't know. That's why I yeah. hate having, you know, a rotating, a heavily rotated fullback from yeah. a club like Man City in my team, because I just, like, you know, when I wildcard it, he's almost certainly not going to stay in that team, right? I'm just going to go yeah. Stones and Diaz. And if, if Stones, you know, gets rotated more heavily, then, then so be it, you know, because it's just it's too frustrating. I do have the ultimate hack, Josh. I do have Ederson in yeah. my team. Yeah. So this that, might be the week to do it. I yeah, mean, yeah, right. And yeah. it's, someone on Twitter uh, going into this week was like, well, you, should we consider Ederson? You know, he's got the assist threat, too. And just and just the idea that you can you can say that Ederson has assist threat uh-huh. and it's not a joke is amazing to me. <laughs> I mean, the problem with the assist threat is that he already did it. He, you know, he's. He, He's not going to get more. I predict, like I cannot say, I cannot say with certainty, but I predict he won't come close to another uh, assist. The question is, will it be uh, Penderson? Will he actually mm. get to take this elusive penalty? No, I, I don't think so. It's just too risky, yeah. right? You hit that off the crossbar, and yeah. um, and then someone catches it right. You know, uh, someone with a you know with a decent, oh, decent bit of accuracy. Speaking of crossbar penalties, can we spare a thought for Brighton fans? I I play this um, <laughs> yeah. s- uh, score prediction game off on the mm-hmm. side, and I had yeah. that game at a one-one, and. I couldn't believe the number of times that Brighton missed an opportunity to draw level yeah, with West yeah. Brom to the point where I was like, well, I'm fine uh, uh, yeah. not predicting the right score because this should be like 5-1 to Brighton. Like, but Yeah, it was like 3.1 XG, I think, for, for Brighton in that match, which is, yeah. you know, pretty, pretty massive. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so the other big question about Game Week 27, this doesn't affect either of us, but it affects a lot of fantasy managers out there, which is uh, Harvey Barnes. Harvey Barnes finally emerges. We go all in on him on last week's podcast. We Absolutely. say he's for real. We finally, yeah. we finally buy it. We see the light. He is now out for what what might end up being the rest of the season, right? And so, no more Harvey Barnes. Uh, maybe we'll see him in game week thirty five or something. Who knows, right? But you know, it just sort of depends. You, especially if it's a serious injury, then then even when they're done rehabbing, you don't necessarily want to risk them, right? So Barnes is up. Who do we want? And Aloha Lounge says is Lingard a legit replacement for Barnes. So with Barnes out, Brandon, if you were in that position, let's say you had less than $8 million to spend, yeah. who, are you, who are you leaning towards? Well, Lingard is – I kind of scoffed at Lingard as a pick because it did feel kind of knee-jerky. He got that brace right off the bat. And I, I, in spite of that, I wasn't a believer. But I saw, saw the stat today that since Lingard started, um, started starting for West Ham, yeah, I think it's four game weeks now. He scored 39 FPL points, which is the fourth most FPL points across the league. Wow. So yeah. that, that is pretty impressive. It's impressive. And, yeah. and here five, is the five, it's five it's five starts. Yep, and okay. three goal, three goals and two assists. Um, and the other piece of that is, you know, we I think this transfer, if you're looking to replace Harvey Barnes, should be geared toward a a team that plays in game week 29 West Ham is one of those teams, but I think my preferred option in that case is Arsenal's um, Bakayo Saka. And, you know, he, he did get, he did get rested this week, but as we know, he's a phenomenal player. And 
I don't think Arteta is going to rely on Willian for many uh, uh, other games this season. Yeah. yeah. So Saka, I think, is going to be my pick. And 5.2 leaves you some extra money in the bank to shore up your team elsewhere. Maybe maybe bring in somebody like Penderson. I like Saka. Um, I think the other player I'd consider would be Jack Grealish, if you didn't have uh, three Aston Villa players already. Um, the talk is that he may be back for... The midweek match, if not, there's a decent chance we'll see him at the weekend. Um, so it's it's hard to say. He's in that like unknown return date category right now. So we just don't know exactly when that will be. We don't even really know that much about the injury, right? It's like just like it's like a um shin. Kind yeah, of they haven't something. been very clear about it. And there there's this cryptic message from Dean Smith where he's he's talking about Grealish's return and he says, Jack could be back to play versus Sheffield United next Tuesday or Wolves next week will be led by Jack on that. So Jack's in charge. He's on his own. He's in yeah. charge of his own injury. Um, he'll pick up the phone and call you when he's ready. Okay. So nobody knows Jack. We'll, we'll find out soon enough what's happening there. But I, I think that, um, yeah, uh, you'll know by Friday whether whether Grealish is an option. And he's not the kind of player who's going to get eight minutes off the at the end of a match, right? Like if he, if he's back, I feel like he's starting and playing something close to the full 90. Yeah. And he's one of those players I would lump into that passion, uh, player group where I've, I've so enjoyed watching Aston Villa this season, largely because Grealish doesn't care if it's a scrimmage or if he's playing for the world cup, he's, he's giving the same level of intensity. And, you know, um, uh, Villa do have a double game week uh, that may come before game week 29. It may come afterwards. It's still TBD uh, as, as do Everton actually. Um, although, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not thinking decore right now, Brandon. I'm sorry to, sorry <laughs> okay. to tell you. I mean, Rafinha might be the obvious one because uh, sure. a, a lot of us yeah. already picked up Rafinha for Leeds's double the other week. Right. Um, still but, only 9% owned though. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like, it I, feels like he's more on than that. He is on fire. And even though Leeds did not manage to score against Villa, he he yeah. just looks he's in such great form. Probably yeah. one of the most informed attacking mids in the league right yeah. now. Yeah. It won't surprise you to hear that he's eleventh out of two hundred and seventy five midfielders in the ICT index. Brandon. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh take that and and just, you know, ruminate on it for a while. <laughs> All right. Final question. FPL merch says, do we have rose tinted glasses when it comes to Sal? Is that a reference to Elton John, by the way? I mean, I know the expression rose tinted glasses, but is that a, mm. where does that come from? I don't you know. I'd have to, yeah. I, I, I'd have to look it up, Josh. Uh, he is now blanked in nine games out of 12. Woof. As James <laughs> Richardson would say, uh-huh. seems to be hugging the touchline and can't even score from six yards. Yeah. So, been, yeah, walk uh, me through. You watched, I assume, the entire Liverpool match today. I, I did. I, <laughs> I struggled through Chef United v. Liverpool, and as a, as a Mo triple captainer, it was painful because he did not have many opportunities, opportunities at all. He had a few, a few dribbles in on goal, but no real clear-cut opportunities apart from a Robertson cross at the very end of the game which in Mo's defense, the cross came to his right foot, which is not as preferred, and it was coming on, coming in pretty hot. Mm-hmm. Now, it's Robbo's fault then. <laughs> I mean, it was, just, it was just wrong place, wrong time. Maybe yeah, Mo should yeah. have anticipated the run a little earlier. But Maybe Robbo could have telegraphed it better. 
<laughs> I mean, listen, I, I I'm not going to I'm not going to have the scorn of all of Scotland uh, knocking sure. at my door. I don't need that right now. I'm willing I'm willing to bet on Egypt more than Scotland at the moment. <laughs> um, I I do think we have rose tinted glasses for sure. Yeah. The thing, but the, the thing that we that I always land on, I think both of us always land on with Salah is you're paying for the pedigree. You're paying. <laughs> It, this this argument gets harder to make every mm-hmm. week, but it's the, like buying a poodle. Yeah, I mean, you know, you you've got the paperwork. Um, mm-hmm. I just he could. I can't. There's no way I can make a yeah. case without saying could, might, is due probably. Yeah. So, it's a tough spot. It's you know the problem is if you were to drop him, uh, you'd have to find. Okay, yeah, I mean, on a wild card, maybe it's viable. Right. But otherwise you're like, where am I, where am I spending the money? Like where, who is the like obvious replacement here? And, you know, you can look at Man City players, but I don't know. I mean, it's kind of hard. Like you, you sort of like you want two defenders and gun to one, really. That feels like the smartest way to use that money. Right. I mean, so. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I have an idea because if we're, we're looking at game week 29, Liverpool doesn't play. In game week 29, they blank. Yeah. A lot of us will wildcard after that. So Salah is in this yeah. position where most of us have no value build up in him. Like right. I bought him at 12.5. He's only gone up to 12.6. So he is yeah. somebody that you could sell and buy back on a wild card, and it wouldn't blow up your strategy at all. Yeah. So what does that mean? I, I'm with you. Like in my team, I've had an extra million in the bank that I cannot for the life of me spend for like the last six weeks. Yeah. But Harry Kane, for those of us who don't have Harry Kane, and this is a way for you to get both Son and Harry Kane going into game week 29 when Spurs face Villa, yeah. is you drop Salah to free up the cash for either one of those players. Heck, maybe it's Gareth Bale that you're bringing in. Um, and then you can rework your team to get Salah back if you want on the wild card. So I do think there that we're at a point where we're all seriously considering getting rid of Salah when Liverpool blank, not yeah. benching him or anything like that. And that that's, that's, that's legitimate. Cause yes, we need yeah. to admit the man is definitely out of form. Yeah. And again, you know, it's a, it's a reflection more on the team than on him, but, but still, and you know, they, they play Fulham at home in 27. I don't think you drop him for that one. Uh, Wolves away in 28. I mean, you could you that's maybe when you could start to think about it. I mean, I, I don't see Wolves away as a, although they, they played Wolves well at home, but I, I don't know. I just, Wolves away does not feel like a fixture where Mo Salah is going to go off. Right. So that could be when you start, like, if you, you know, if you're, if you're really kicking off your game week 29 plan in earnest, maybe then is when you consider, you know, I don't know. Um, I think Salah's yeah. fine until, until, until you have to make your move for 29 and then you yeah. dump him. That's yeah. my feeling. Yeah. Well, kind of with you there. So that's the pod, Brandon. Um, Thank we you did to, it. Yeah, we did. We did it. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, once again, if you want to support the pod, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating. You can say thanks. We'll do an extra podcast this week after. Uh, it might be early Friday morning because uh, the black horse is open, Brendan, and I'm going there. Are you going there too? Or am I going to see you there? Um, it's, it's unclear. I mean, uh, dining indoors is, uh, is tricky business these days. Oh yeah. I was thinking, do they have outdoor stuff? I actually was assuming they would have some kind of outdoor situation. Oh, cool. If it's outdoors. Yeah. Then I'm, I'm, I'm definitely there because okay. black horse, uh, we Probably got a, a message we could have had offline. <laughs> yeah, no, but, but it, it, it is an opportunity for us to name drop the best bartender, best soccer 
adjacent bartender in yeah. uh, Brooklyn, Jazz Binning, yeah. um, who is one of our producers and such a lovely guy, even though he's a Manchester United fan. And he he broke the news. Black Horse is open for business once again. So if you're in the New York area, go to South Slope, go to the Black Horse and do right by the wonderful staff there. Absolutely. Uh, a quick uh, thank you to our producer patrons. Uh, thank you to Trevor Ingerson, Mike DePietro, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Martin Savage, Brian T. DeBig Gaffer, Bobas Kuhn, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Jazz Binning, the man himself, Dave Wegner Lodal, Nick Wright. Now, I haven't heard from Nick Wright in ages, by the way. I hope he's doing okay. Are you okay, Nick? Yeah. What's going on with you, buddy? Are you just having a rough season or, or what? Uh, Jim Payne, Brian Chin. Blair Jacobson, Travis West, Victor Forberg, Skoyang, Paul Herzig, Kaya Karstina. I haven't heard from Paul Herzig in a while either, Brandon. What's up, Paul? Yeah, we need some some of these producers. You reach out and say hello. <laughs> Make sure you're doing to get a proof of life. Uh, Kaya Christine Lelang, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lindsay Rostell, Anton Markov, FPL Merch had a question on this week's pod. Carrie Swanson was talking strategy with her at 1.30 a.m. on Friday night. You guys are crazy. Kieran Screeton, Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Blue Nose Stew, Mikey Yuang, Bruce Kerr, Nicholas Vernadakis, Sam Shower, Will Husby, Rich Evans, Bobby Stiles, Future Media Group FPL, and our newest Patreon supporter, Ben Sweeney. Welcome, Ben. And don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe to Always Cheating so you never miss an episode. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever fine podcasts are found. We're also wherever social media is found. And uh, email us, hailcheaters at gmail.com. All this information and more is there for you on our website, alwayscheating.com. Josh, good luck in the ga- in the rest of Game Week 26. Yeah, uh, big goals for, for Harry Kane and Mo Salah in our future. I know it to be true. I know. It's wild. I feel like everyone's very tightly bunched points-wise, and I think yeah. the next few days are really going to blow everything up. So yeah. it should be interesting. Definitely. All right. Talk to you soon. Poku forever. Bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.